0: So good to be with you guys this morning. How many of you guys enjoyed that worship? Before we get right into it, I thought I would start with something funny. And uh, did you guys hear about the young college student that was home this summer uh, in Newfoundland? Uh, he, he was spending a few days there just with family uh, right there on the Port of Basque. And he was just taking a walk on the shore and God showed up to him right there. And he's like, listen, son, he's like, I want to uh, I give you one wish, whatever it might be. And so the young guy, lo- you know, he thinks about it, and he's like, well, God, you know how much I'm scared of water. That, that ferry ride over here is so unpredictable. And he said, I I want you to, uh, I want you to build us a bridge from here to the mainland. And, and God, you know, he's like, wow. He's like, do you realize, like, all that's going to go into that? And uh, the and he's like, how about you reconsider? It? He's like, I'll give you one more wish. And so the young guy's like, all right. So you know that uh, I haven't, you know, been able to keep a girlfriend for more than you know six months. He's like, I want you to give me insight so that I can understand a woman. God looks at him and says, Do you want that bridge two lanes or four lanes? And I will, I will uh, make it up to you women, but uh, anyway, I want to talk to you guys today. If you were here last week, you heard Pastor Joel kind of roll out the vision for where we're going as a church. And, and uh, if you've been here for any time at all, you've heard him say, uh, God's love, right? Can you repeat it after me? Say, God's love in us to the world. And so today, I want to talk to you today about what is in Us, as we talk about life together, uh, we are moving in a direction where we want to build groups where people do life together and serve together in the community. But here's the challenge with that. I don't know about you, but do you find it hard to sometimes love people? We we got any married folk in the room? Right? Anybody raising children? I, I, I don't know about you, but... Have you ever found yourself saying, I don't know if I can take anymore, right? We have limitations as people, don't we? And and so when we think about, well, we want to reach people for Jesus, let's just be honest and say, I need Jesus to reach me still, right? I need him to still help me get through um, our everyday life and challenges that we go through. And so today i want i want to ask you if you will allow me to speak to the real you today i want permission to speak to the real you i don't want i don't want the church you okay i I want the real you because every person that walks on this stage we have real challenges we have real struggles and it is great to talk about all the things that we want to do for god okay but we have to realize that we are limited in our own strength can i hear somebody say amen, amen. okay we have limitations so if we are going to make a difference in an impact we cannot do it on our own so i want to talk to you guys today about what is in you and i want to i want to direct our attention to john 14 verse uh verse john 14 verse 14 and 15. uh verse 14 to 17. and so i want to give you a couple minutes to get there but I wanna give you some of the backstory. So here we have Jesus with his disciples. Now, some of you may not know this, but when we think of disciples, we think of these like spiritual leaders, these guys that have their life all together, right? But can I tell you that these disciples were teenagers, they were young men. The Bible says that they were unskilled. Can you believe this? That Jesus, he was, he was, he, he was the foundation of the church, and he is entrusting The whole future of the church on these young teenagers. Any teenagers in the house this morning? Can I hear you make some noise? There we go. We got any young adults here? Over here a little bit? Uh, But this is who Jesus was trusting the church with. And so I I want us to to read this uh, together. Or I'm going to read it, but I want you to follow along. And Jesus says, if you love me, show it by doing what i've told you i will talk to the father and he will provide you another friend so that you will always have somebody with you this friend is the spirit of truth how many know that in the culture that we live in today uh, to find truth is becoming harder and harder where the shades of gray are you know it, everything is blurred today right and so jesus is talking to his disciples here and he's saying i'm going to give you somebody who is going to help lead you in truth and if we are going to be successful at raising our kids and doing life and 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 staying married how many know that we need to have this spirit of truth in you and i want to tell you today that as a christian we have that in us and so we're going to dive into all that we have In us to do what god has called us to do are you guys with me but here's what here's what he goes on to say he says um this godless world cannot take him in because he doesn't have eyes to see him he does not know what to look for but you know him already because he has been staying with you and will even be everybody say in you I want to just speak to somebody that you've maybe been attending church, maybe this church or maybe others, and you have been trying to make sense of what this Jesus thing is all about. Can I, can I help you out this morning and tell you that we can't comprehend the things of God with our natural mind? And that's why we call it a step of faith, that we have to say, you know what, I want to trust in this Jesus. And as soon as you make that decision, then Jesus comes in and then these things are revealed to you and so I want to encourage somebody here this morning that you just need to take that first step of faith and so as I read this scripture it says because he has been staying with you and will be in you what I get from that is these disciples were hanging out with Jesus they watched him do some pretty incredible things right he he healed the sick blind eyes were open you know he turned water into wine these disciples watched him do all these things but what jesus is preparing him for he's saying you're no longer going to be spectators he says you're going to be participating in this in just a little while all right and so he's getting them ready and i want to encourage us today as christians to not be spectators but to be participators and that's where we're moving as a church as we talk about the vision that pastor joel is leading us into is we don't wanna be a church that just spectates. Come on, somebody, right? We wanna be church that participates. And I understand that sometimes in life there are things that happen that sideline us, right? And kinda take us out for a little while, but I wanna encourage you today. I wanna give somebody hope today, and I wanna speak to you and say that, that, that there is a next step for you, that God is not finished with you, that there is no mistake that you can make that can separate from for you from god and more importantly from the plan of god for your life can i hear somebody say amen to that so you've got two options we can either make an excuse or we can make a difference but you can't do both and so we are challenging our church as we move forward in this life together that we want to make a difference but we know that we can't do it on our own and we need jesus in us to do that, and so I want us to move. Um, I want to just speak briefly too, to highlight our generation. You see, sometimes there's a mentality that we will allow somebody else to do the work, right? Some, some, if someone's going to carry the load, we'll allow that. But I want to challenge my generation. We have a variety of gener- generations here today. But we have Generation Xs, we have Millennials, we have Generation Y and Z. But I want to challenge us, my generation, that it's our turn to bring the message of the gospel to our generation. And and we have been blessed here. There have been some people that have paid some sacrifices and have built a a foundation for where we are at as a church. But on my watch, I want to continue on moving this gospel and reaching our city and seeing lives change for jesus and so i just want to speak out to those of you that that are in my age and my stage of life that it's time for us to be participators and continue on and i want to challenge you and that's why small groups are going to be such a big deal because we are going to hold each other accountable and we're going to make a difference in our generation can i hear you say amen to that so now i want us to move on uh, and, and i want us to go to acts 1 verse 4 acts 1 verse 4 and here we have uh, jesus is setting the stage for what's uh what's gonna happen and so to bring you up to speed so jesus was with the disciples okay in john now jesus has been crucified okay and the disciples are freaking out their leader is gone they they, they believed in him but now he's not there and they're kind of on their own and so acts 1 verse 4 picks this up and this is pretty amazing okay because jesus shows up he was dead and now he comes alive and he's back with the disciples how many know that would be a little bit freaky right you know they've seen him do all these crazy miracles but coming back from the dead that like that's like takes the cake right and so jesus shows up because he has some final instructions for his disciples are you guys still with me acts 1 verse 4 it says once he was eating with them somebody say amen to that there's something about eating with people that just makes it so much better so it says jesus was eating with them and he commanded them do not leave jerusalem Until the Father sends you the gift he has promised. As I told you, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so I'm talking to you today about what is in you. You see, Jesus is preparing the disciples and saying, You aren't equipped to do what I've called you to do in your own strength. But I'm going to give you somebody that is everybody say in you. Okay, that he's going to give you the power to do what you can't do on your own. And as we move forward into acts, I would encourage each one of you to read acts verse 2. But it goes on to say in in acts 115 that the disciples all got together in one room. And it says that there was hundred and twenty people there with them. Now this is a special moment okay because this just might be okay the first ever church service that has ever happened in the history of our planet you, you know how i know this could be it's because they knew how many were there and wherever christians are there's somebody taking attendance come on <laughs> right and so it says there was 120 people up there in that room and as they gathered there together believing for what was gonna happen next. This crazy wind blows through this place and people are praying and, and the Holy Spirit comes in them. Everybody say in them, all right? And we're gonna read what happens to some of these disciples after that experience has happened. And that same thing as believers is in us. And so I, I want us to point out that there was 120 people the Holy Spirit is now in them. And I just want to show you this one thing. So here we have, if we, if we go all the way to the beginning of time, okay? God created this amazing, beautiful planet Earth, and then he dropped people on it, all right? That's where the problem started. No, I'm just joking. So here we have Adam in the beginning, Adam and Eve, all right? And we all know that they were deceived, okay? And they sinned you know what sometimes we make sin all these different things that we do you know what sin is sin just is something that we choose that separates us from god sin separates us from god and so that's what happened in the garden okay you guys with me then over here we have jesus shows up okay now he's on on planet earth and his job is to reconnect people with god you guys following me all right so jesus shows up he dies And he comes again and now he can't be in people because he's with them but now he is in us because he has given us the holy spirit so now we have the power to do all that god has called us to do can somebody say amen to that all right and so that's how we have gotten to where we are today and we as a church are a continuation of what has happened in the chapter of acts as we as a church continue to reach people with the gospel of jesus Are you guys tracking with me all right so i want us to go to acts 2 verse 36 and i want you to see the difference in peter you you may have have, have read this but um, do you guys remember that that there was somebody who denied jesus three times do you guys know that that was peter all right so before jesus dies all right jesus, uh, peter denies jesus because he just doesn't have enough strength enough boldness but here's this same man after he's been filled with the holy spirit and they leave that upper room now he has a whole new boldness and a whole new confidence that we see here and so peter addresses the people and he says i want everyone to know in israel for certain that God has made Jesus, whom you crucified to be both Lord and Savior. So here you see the passion and the boldness that he has. And it says his words cut them to the heart. And they said to, and they, and they said to him and to the other diso- disciples, what should we do? And here's what Peter says. He says you need, each one of you must repent of your sins and turn to god and be baptized in the name of jesus for the forgiveness of your sins so that you will receive the gift of the holy spirit this promise is to you and to your children and to those far off and all who have been called to the lord god then peter continued preaching for a long time okay i'm not going to preach for a long time i'm going to start wrapping up all right but peter was preaching to them but here's where I want us to 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 start going here strongly urging listeners saying save yourselves from this crooked generation. Doesn't that sound much like what we are where we are at today? That has been the same message that has been preached for 2000 years is to is to not fall into the lies of our generation, all right? But here's what's interesting. Those who believed those who believed what Peter said in verse 41, it says they were baptized and they were added to the church 3,000 people that day. How many know that's a pretty exciting day? You know, it, it, it was exciting to see five people today get baptized. And I would encourage each and every one of you, if you see them in the atrium, you should hear their stories. Their stories of life change and hope. That that they discovered all on their own. And it's amazing. So here's where I want to go. The believers forming a community. If we go to Acts 2 verse 43. It says a deep sense of awe came over them. And now the disciples were performing many miracles, signs, and wonders what is in you today i want to tell you that there is a power that is beyond our human ability and we start to see it activated in the disciples and the believers met together in one place and they shared everything that they had they sold their property and possessions and shared money with those in need do you see what's happening in their heart the things that culture is saying you need to you know, take care of yourself and you need to get everything that you can. They are doing the exact opposite and they're caring for one another. Their possessions are second to their passion in Jesus. How many know that's a bit of a culture shock for us, right? They worship together in the temple each day and they met in homes. Everybody say, homes. And they shared their meals with great generosity. You know, I think that it's, It's possible for our church to grow both big and small at the same time. And we can read there in Acts how the numbers of people began to grow, but each and every week they met in homes. What were they doing as they met together in those circles? They were praying together. You know, they were praying for one another. They were keeping each other accountable. And and doing life with these people together. And you could follow Acts and continue reading on in how the church began to grow at a rapid pace. In Acts 4, verse 4, we won't go there, but it says, Now there were 5,000 men listening to Peter speak. And how many know where their men is? there's always who? Women, right? And where their women are, there's always children. And so they say that those crowds could have been as large as 20,000 people as they met there. And we can see that the power of God, of the Holy Spirit in those disciples, they are starting to multiply and go out. So here's where I want to land today. As we are here talking about small groups and joining together. Why do we do small groups? We do small groups because it's, they're biblical. We can see it right here in the New Testament. We can see that Jesus, as soon as he started his ministry, he picked 12 young men to pray with and to mentor and pour into their lives. Small groups are personal. Studies show that when somebody attends a church, if they don't meet somebody in the first year, if they don't meet more than seven people, there's a high, uh, high chances are that they won't continue to that church. So small groups allow us to be personal and small groups are flexible. So we can do, we can do small groups anywhere, anytime. And so it allows us to be able to uh, do life together throughout the week. So I want us to just take a few minutes, and I want to share with you just a few details on where we're going in small groups. Are you guys still with me? All right. And so like anything, the hardest part is getting it started. And so I know that there are, are lots of questions. So before I get into it, I want to tell you that if you have any questions, you can go to our small group kiosk at the back. Okay, but I want to address um, what small groups are, and, and as I've began to meet with people over the summer and and ask them what their experience was with groups, there are so many different ways you can go with small groups. But here's the framework of where we are calling a small group. A small group is eight to twelve people who meet together in homes every other week. So groups don't meet every week; they meet every other week, just to make sure that everybody understands. Okay, and so. I know what some of you guys are thinking, okay? Some of you guys, like, this is, this is scary. This is frightening, okay? That I'm going to meet in homes, and, and I just want to speak to the men here just for, for a minute because I never grew up going to small groups, okay, until I came here. And we showed up three years ago, and a friend of ours asked us to go into a small group. They asked my wife. And so my wife, of course, asked me and says, we're going to small group." Do you know what my answer was no i'm not why would i want to go to a small group right why would i i don't need a small group and so like any husband and wife relationship eventually okay i ended up in a small group (laughs) all right (laughs) and the joke's on me because now i got the shirt on okay and uh but here's the deal here's what i discovered as we began to go share food with these group of people and just do life and share stories and talk about our crazy things that happen in our life and 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 then just to bring prayer and the bible into it i began to understand that it was healthy i be, I began to understand that it was good uh, a, a place that i should go you know how many of you know that we should probably exercise how many of we all know that exercise is probably a good thing okay now i'm going to ask you one other question remember we're in church how many people exercise like regularly okay not quite as many hands all right here's the deal with a small group a small group is just like that we don't know that we need it until we're in it and then we start to feel better and then we're like you know what Uh, you know for some of us it may even make us look better i don't know but small groups are healthy they help us relationally they help us to grow they help our relationship with god to grow and so i want to i just want to encourage those of you out there to give it a try and i'm going to explain how we're going to do that Um, but here's the process for getting connected into a small group all right so each one of you uh, have were you guys given a small group questionnaire on the way in we may have, we have missed that, but I want to, uh, at the back in the kiosk, you can get a small group questionnaire, okay? And it is going to, if we can pull that up, on this questionnaire, you guys are going to fill out your name, your address, where you guys live, because we have small groups in rural areas. We have small groups in Shediac, in Salisbury, in Lower Coverdale, all these different areas. So you fill out your address, pick the type of group that you want to be in. So we have, we have types of groups for couples, singles, Um, for every age and every stage. And then you choose what night of the week that you are available. And what we will do is we will then place you with one of our group leaders. We have 31 group leaders that are ready to lead groups. Can you guys uh, give these guys a hand? So you you will be placed in this group. And if you want to know who is leading a group, you can go back after the service and find them. Uh, on at the back of the kiosk you'll have all the names there of who is leading a group and you will receive a call from your small group leader and you will be invited to what's called small group kickoff and small group kickoff is a fun casual night where you will get to meet others in your group okay and you will leave that night knowing who's in your group and when and where you meet and here's where it gets exciting okay we want you to try a group everybody say try we want you to try a group for two months. Because they're every other week, that's four times. Try a group for four weeks. But here's what we think. We think that once you are in a group, you will begin to like what is going on. You'll, you'll feel just like at the gym, you'll be like, this is good for me. And so after the end of those two months, we are asking that you would make a decision and, and make a commitment to do life with these people for six months. That you would unify together for six months until the end of the school year and after that period of time you will you will then uh, you will then talk about how you are going to multiply your group because how many know we would none of us would be here if somebody didn't invite us and make room for us and so here's how it goes we have try everybody say try, try. Unify. unify and then we're going to multiply unify. all right and so the the curriculum that we will study are are all the message services from sunday before so you know we've been on the what if series and so when we meet together in group we will provide a curriculum from the church that you guys can go in depth and study more of what uh we're learning and where we're going as a church and so um let me remind you okay god's love love. in us us. say "In in us to the world We can't do it on our own. We can't do life together on our own, but we need the power of the Holy Spirit for us to do life together. I want you guys to check out this short video clip.
1: Hey everyone, we're really glad you've taken a step to start a group. I'm Tony Collier and I'll be your host throughout this study. At the beginning of any small group, it really helps for everyone to be on the same page about what they expect. People join groups for different reasons. Some want to study the Bible. Others want to make new friends. And some people want to connect with others who face the same challenges they do, from marriage to parenting, relationships, career, even finance. But a small group isn't any one of those things. We think it should be all of them. The goal of a group is to provide everyone the opportunity to pursue authentic community and spiritual growth. So while a group isn't a Bible class, you will read the scriptures together. Talk about how to apply them to your life, you'll pray together, and even wrestle with big questions of faith. A group isn't a support group either, where you just vent your emotions. As you open up about what's really going on in your life, you'll give the other members of your group permission to help you grow. And they'll do that by encouraging you as you figure out next steps and keep you accountable as you take them. Finally, while a group isn't just a social gathering, you will make friends. And the relationships you build in this circle will be a foundation for encouraging and challenging one another to grow in your relationship with God. In group, friends aren't a nice add-on. They're essential because you can't grow spiritually unless you're connected relationally. As we move through this study, we'll explore authentic community and spiritual growth, how they're connected, and how to pursue them as a group.